0: high altitudes, you have to be very careful. You do not want to overtrain. In fact, a lot of recommendations are to cut half of your training cut your, your training in half the first two to six weeks. guys, and welcome to the Runpreneur podcast with me, your host, Sierra Carter, as we find ways that will help you run your life instead of letting life run you. Episode number 14, from high to low, how does high and low altitude affect your running, your breathing, and your overall performance? Let's find out here on the Runpreneur. So today's sponsor is Anchor. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's super simple, how I love it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple, Spotify, and whatever other podcast channel you like to listen to podcasts on. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and you guys, it's pretty much everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast soon, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I promise you won't regret it. So today's been a beautiful day up here in the mountains of New Mexico. I know half the country is social distancing. Actually not most of the country 36 states are social distancing or have their stay at home policies in and New Mexico is one of those states but fortunately you can still get outside. And get moving. And because New Mexico was the original social distancers, nobody's out here anyways. Or it's all spaced out. So I went on quite a few different hikes today. And that's not saying I was hiking all day. But they were short hikes. So probably about like, you know, mile, mile. None of them were over a mile and a half. And I went hiking today after a five-mile run. And let me tell you, do my legs feel it? But what feels it more is my or are my lungs? Ouch. So that really lines up perfectly with what I want to talk about to you about today, and that is how is altitude affecting your performance? of your running, and your breathing, and your lungs, and your capacity, and anything else that affects in your life, because it has a major effect, and I want to highlight those points. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, because maybe you've never ever run when you're at the beach, at sea level, or you've never tried running at over 5,200 feet, so pretty much over a mile of elevation, if neither one of those applies to you, listen and you can feel the effects as I'm going to talk because they are major. And sometimes they can even make somebody sick. I'm not talking about corona sick. I'm talking about you. there is such thing as altitude sickness, and it's actually a severe thing. So let's go ahead and dive deep down into what effects it has on you. So let me set the scene. And maybe a few of you can relate because you think, Well, I don't really run, so this is how I feel all the time. And honestly, that's perfectly fine. I'm not making fun of you. But I'm going to set the scene. I run in Florida with no problem. Sometimes the humidity hits me hard, and that just kind of drags me down. But I'm running in Florida, and I can run, let's say, in a 10K. I can easily run like a 7.15 mile. And still feel okay. When I ran a 10K at 5,200 feet elevation, and this is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This isn't even where I'm at now. I could barely keep up an 830 pace without feeling like I was just going to throw up everything inside of me. And I don't have a soft stomach. I don't throw up easily. I've never thrown up from running. But after running this race, I've never felt so lightheaded pushing myself. I was pushing myself. Why? Because I was in higher altitude. So why is it in higher altitudes, it's harder, just harder overall to run or sometimes to even walk? Well, it's because there's less oxygen. And let me give you some numbers. So in high altitude, you know, there's, there's different variations. And a lot of people think when they, I say high altitude, they think maybe Denver. Well, Denver is exactly one mile above sea level, which is 5,130 feet to 5,690 feet above sea level. Now, when we say sea level, that means at zero. So, for those of you that are in Indian Harbor or Melbourne area right now, the elevation in Indian Harbor is where I usually run is 10, 10 feet above sea level. So from Denver to Melbourne in Florida, that is still over 5,100 feet elevation difference. Now I'm not in Denver, I'm in New Mexico. And fun fact about New Mexico, we actually have the highest altitude capital in the United States our capital is santa fe new mexico now if you haven't heard of santa fe you probably just haven't heard of new mexico and that is perfectly fine we are part of the 50 states we are right below colorado in between arizona and texas and mexico's on our border so we don't have a beach i get that question a lot how are the beaches in new mexico well they're pretty dry because i have not found one anyways going back so santa fe new mexico is our capital that elevation there is 7,199 feet I just say 7,200 feet now where I grew up in Los Alamos where I learned to run and I always thought it was hard let me look it up real quick altitude is about 7,300 feet all right so I'm setting the scene so we're kind of going up so Denver is not as high as you think there are places places that are higher than Denver So we're at Los Alamos, 7,300 feet. Now where I am right now, it is 8,400 feet elevation. That is tremendous jump from 10 feet where I usually train in Indian Harbor Beach, Florida. So you can imagine, I'm not only huffing and puffing when I'm running, I'm huffing and puffing when I'm walking upstairs, when I walk up my driveway. Now, granted, my driveway is super steep. It's like up the side of a mountain, and it's like a quarter mile long, so I'm huffing and puffing no matter what. But it's a tremendous difference. I can even tell when I talk here how hard it is to breathe and keep a conversation going. So setting the scene. I went hiking today. Like I said, I did – Five miles down in Los Alamos, so that was 7,200 feet elevation. I have been running up here at 84, so going down to Los Alamos, I feel like I actually get some air. And then I hiked up here at 8,400 feet elevation. Now, I wasn't just at 8,400 feet elevation. I was hiking up the mountain, so I was going even higher than 8,400 feet. My lungs... We're on fire and I'm huffing and puffing. So if you hear me run past you here and I'm huffing and puffing, I'm not sick. I don't have corona. I literally just can't breathe because I have beach lungs. But I want to give you some more numbers. So now that you have the altitudes of all these different places, think of it this way. I said sea level is zero feet you have full capacity of oxygen. Now, when you get above 6,000 feet, which is at Denver, so Denver is just below 6,000 feet, their um, feet elevation, there's 17% less oxygen than there is at sea level. That's where we start seeing why there's such a difference in our training and our running, walking, and talking. So 17% less oxygen means you're gonna, your body's going to try to compensate and taking a little bit more oxygen. Now, at 8,000 feet, there is 25% less oxygen. So Los Alamos and Santa Fe are kinda in between that six to 8,000, so they're between 17,000, or 17% and 25% less oxygen. Where I am, I'm a little bit above 8,000 feet, so I'm a little bit above 25% less oxygen than at sea level. That's a significant difference. And what's kind of neat is if you know, like, if you've heard of a high-altitude training, a lot of elite athletes make sure they try they train at least 8,000 feet or more. So do I technically qualify as elite if I'm up here at 8,400 feet elevation? Well, I, I, I wish, but I'm huffing, puffing, and I think my pace is 15 miles per hour, which is fine, but I'm literally – trying to walk and breathe at the same time, which has become extremely difficult. So that takes me into the first thing. Now that we know that there's less oxygen and what and where there's less oxygen, what is the first thing that gets harder when you're running? Breathing. Why does it get harder to breathe? Well, there's less less oxygen. So we've already gone over number one. But number two is going to go off of the reason that there's less oxygen, and that is the body's going to recover slower. And this isn't because oh your body's at a higher altitude, because you're, there's less oxygen. Your muscles are not getting as much much oxygen as they are needing. You will also realize during the running or the activity that you're doing, you're going to feel fatigued faster and quicker. And that's because your body's not adequately getting your muscles nutrients through oxygen because it needs that oxygen to carry the nutrients to your muscles to rebuild and fire them and keep them going. And if there's not, if there's less oxygen, there's going to be less nutrients going to your muscles. And that's the same thing with recovery. So when you are in high altitudes, you have to be very careful, You do not want to overtrain. In fact, a lot of recommendations are to cut half of your training, cut your your training in half the first two to six weeks. Now, of course, that's the wide range for everything. I would even say four to six weeks kind of depends on the person. I like to think I'm fine after a week because I'm usually only here for two and a half weeks. But I also know I'm going right back to Florida so I can kind of push it that last week. But again, the recommendation is to adapt two to four to six weeks in the elevation. It's gonna take a full six weeks for your body to adjust to the less to the less oxygen in the air Now, your body does adjust, and I can't tell you the specific science behind it, but it has to do with how your blood adjusts to handling less oxygen. I think they call it you know you have thinner blood up in the mountains and Couldn't, again, couldn't tell you the science behind that, but I believe it's true. And then finally, what else happens in the higher altitudes? Well, this one's not exactly due to the lack of oxygen in the air. It's actually more due to the climate. So in higher altitude climates, they're usually dry climates. And in dry climates... It's the opposite of Florida. What happens? We actually become dehydrated quicker. Why do we become dehydrated quicker? Well, because of that fun thing called evaporation and there's not a lot of vapor water water molecules i'm gonna try to explain science real quick there's not a lot of vapor in the air your sweat is going to evaporate much quicker than it would if you're down in florida in florida you can feel yourself sweat when i come home from a run in florida it looks like i just jumped into the ocean took a shower and i'm still soaking wet running home when i when i run here in new mexico I get maybe a few droplets of sweat running down my face, but other than that, like, I'm barely ever sweating in New Mexico. And if I do, I can actually taste the salt. Now, here's the interesting thing, and this is what I always found was so weird, and I've compared it so many times. So in Florida, I don't really taste the salt. I can feel the salt kind of go into my eyes when I sweat, but I don't taste it, it doesn't stay on my skin because I'm sopping wet and it like washes off right away. Now in New Mexico, when I'm done running, I can literally wipe my face and feel like the kind of the grimy salt feeling come off after I run. And that's because I'm not sweating enough to get it out of my body and off me. Now, the dangers of not sweating you don't think you're as thirsty. So if in Florida it's kind of a mental thing. You see yourself you're sweating. You're like, "Oh, I really should go get some water and replenish what I just sweat out." Now in New Mexico, because you're not you're not really sweating as much. Your mouth might be dry, you might have some water, but you might not realize you need more because you can't see your sweat. It's already evaporated into the air because it is bone dry. And this goes for Arizona, this goes for Colorado, this goes for Utah. A lot of those places are dry. Now I can't really speak for the states outside of that. I'm sure there's a lot of a lot more drier states maybe Wyoming is one. I think Nevada, well, Nevada is a desert, so I can assume Nevada would be one too. You've got to be careful when you are running and not drinking water. Now, again, in in Florida, I feel like I need water more often. I'm getting my states mixed up. I need water more often because I'm sweating so much. Here, I went on a 10-mile hike yesterday, forgot water, but didn't feel like I needed water. Now I felt thirsty just because it's dry. My mouth gets dry, my lips are chapped, my skin looks like a lizard. But I wasn't sweating, so I don't I in my mind, I couldn't justify why I needed water. So, again, this isn't because there's less oxygen in the air. It's literally because of that fun thing we learned back in second grade, evaporation. Now, of course, there are, uh, are other challenges when you hit a higher altitude than when you're in Florida at sea level. And some of those challenges, I mean, are not even related to the altitude themselves, but the climate. And that could be going up and down hills, trail running. Maybe you have to learn how to actually pick up your feet. The trail's a little bit different of a terrain because you don't run on the beach. And now you're trying to dodge rocks and not fall off the side of a cliff. It just kind of depends. But honestly, it's always going to be an adventure. Because when you go somewhere that has a higher altitude, the climate's going to change drastically. I can't speak for the middle of the country. I'm not sure what the Midwest's climate and runnings like I'm sure there's rolling hills I'm also sure that there's flat land I haven't really been there I would love to visit I of course I want to do my 50 50 half marathons in all 50 s- states I just have to get over there but my, I live between New Mexico and Florida so I know these two climates like the back of my hand and I know how to adjust And with the higher climates, with the higher altitude climates, you're always going to find it's a little bit cooler. So you're going to have to adjust to the cold if you're from Florida. And man, if you're from here in New Mexico and you're used to a cooler, you know, cooler summer where our summers here are 75 degrees, that's a nice day. That's a hot day here. And in Florida, 75 degrees is a cold day in the wintertime. That's the difference. So you're going to have to get used to that. So just know where you're running. And if you're going somebody, somewhere with a higher altitude climate, hone in and make a plan. Do not try to max out your training. Do not make that the hardest week of training that you have. And do not expect to be able to get to up to the levels that you are at currently wherever you are at lower sea level. For instance, my heart rate when I try to run anywhere spikes. My heart rate barely goes up and down in Florida unless I'm sprinting and doing intervals. But when I'm at a steady state here, I can feel my heart racing. My watch is telling me to breathe constantly, and I'm breathing really heavy. And I get that stupid side stitch that makes you feel like you're completely out of shape. It's like flashback to elementary school when I never even ran that stupid side stitch. So again... Just know where you're going, make a plan for it, and you will do great. Don't make yourself sick. Now, they say don't kind of let yourself acclimate there for two to three days. Understandably, if you are flying out for a race, I doubt you're going to have two to three days to get ready for that race. And I'm going to tell you another little key right before I finish this off. So my last key to you is if you're flying somewhere at a higher altitude a few days before a race, don't sweat it. Try to do minimal activity before that race. And let me tell you my theory because it's worked for me every single time when I go out and when I fly out to do a race. So your blood is holding the oxygen, correct? I, I got to scientific, scientifically look this one up. So don't completely take my word for it, but it, again, it's worked. Your blood holds oxygen. When you fly from that lower sea level, you still have oxygen in your blood. You still have the nutrients in your muscles. Now, if you go for a long run right before the race, you're going to use up all that oxygen that you have, extra oxygen that you have, and all the extra nutrients that your blood was carrying to your muscles. So you're going to be able to recover, but that next run is going to smack you hard in the face. I always do this. My run, the first day I get to New Mexico off that plane – feels fantastic. I feel like I can fly. The second day, I feel out of breath, fatigued, my legs are tired and they are heavy. That is the difference. Now again, I don't know that complete science behind it, but I will say directly from experience that that helps me majorly. And I do that, I do that for half marathons that for when I come out here, I've run a half marathon in Santa Fe, 7,200 feet elevation, highest half marathon I have run. I almost PR'd. Again, it was downhill, but it was the first run that I did when I came out here. So I was fully rested and ready for it. Now it wiped me out afterwards. You will feel fatigued. If you feel more fatigued after the race, that you ran at high altitude, don't get worried. You might even feel a little bit sick. Now, if you feel too sick, go to the hospital. But to me, it's completely normal. I know I overdid myself because my body's still trying to repair itself. But it's, no, it mainly and most likely will be because of the high altitude. So that's all I've got for you on high altitude. Again, know where you're going, plan for it. Know how it affects you and know the signs of when to stop. And that is when you get too lightheaded, when your body is just too fatigued, or you're just really losing the love of running and getting frustrated. Don't get too frustrated. Just the high altitude. You'll get used to it. I promise. And if not, you'll may, hopefully you'll be right back at sea level. All right, moving along right into the next segment, and that is bucket list races that I want to go to. All right, so my bucket list race today is actually in California. So that fits my 50 states, 50 half marathons, because I haven't said I want one in California yet. And I'm not actually sure if this is going to qualify for a half marathon. So it's actually the oldest run. Trail run in America. That is so awesome. It was first run in nineteen oh five. Can you guys guess the race? Some of you may have even run it before. It's called the Dipsey or Dip Race. D I P S E A Race. It starts in Mill Valley and then goes all the way to Stinson Beach. Now it. What it talks about, it's it has very steep hills, and it's a treacherous race, but it also has handicap options, which I think is really awesome. So everybody can participate in this race. Now, unfortunately, it's always the second Sunday in June, and so it's only 7.4 miles. But sadly, this year, they've already put out a really sad announcement that it's been canceled due to Corona. And that's really, really sad because that's all the way into June. So who knows when we are actually going to be able to race again. Maybe Boston's going to be the opening race of the season in September. I sure as heck hope so that all this is gone by September. And if not, I really hope it passes faster than that, honestly. But that is a bucket list race. It's It looks like a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous race. Now, I haven't – I've never really been – to California outside of San Jose and San Francisco. So I would love to see what the, you know, the trails and the scenery are. And again, this would be something that you would want to look at the altitude for because I'd be coming all the way from Florida, sea level to probably a little bit of altitude. It doesn't say what the altitude is here, but it is 110th annual this year that will sadly be canceled so next year june whatever it is june 2021 is when you want to sign up for the Dipsy race all right guys that's all i have got for you today so my main takeaway from today is watch the high altitude if you're in high altitude take it easy and let's focus on breathing other than that you guys are awesome. Keep it up. Keep running because right now that's all we've got. You can take everything away. You can take the gyms. You can take the restaurants, the hair salons, but you can't take our love for running or creating that business or something that you've always wanted to do. So keep at it. You've got 30 days now to get it all done. I truly believe in you. You can do this. I love you guys. Run your lives before life runs you. See you tomorrow.